having all that money, but sooner or later you're gonna have to explain where it came from. Maybe we could launder the money. That's a great idea. Okay, how do we do that? You got any ideas? You got nothing on me. I'm changing dollar bills. That's all. You start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f is gonna take you. Yeah, AML Audio. This is the Ozark issue. I'm here with my friend Michael. And we're just going to talk a little bit about the show, about the money laundering aspects, you know, just to bring in a little bit more from our audience, people that are beginning in money laundering or just have some general questions about money laundering. And better yet, to talk a little bit more about the show. So, you know, I'll let Michael introduce himself and talk a little bit about, we talked a little bit already, but talk a little bit about the show and how you first got into it and talk about some of the things that the show means in your eyes. Okay, sure. So yeah, hi, my name is Mike Carullo. Um, I first got into the show, I was living in uh, London, Ontario at the time, and I had a couple roommates, and uh, they, I was pretty busy, so I was watching a lot of TV or, or Netflix, and my one roommate was like, you gotta watch this show, you gotta watch this show, it's so good. And I trust him a lot, like we have a very similar kind of sensibility when it comes to TV shows, so I'm like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll figure it out. And then it actually wasn't until I moved back to Toronto that uh, I started watching it. And literally from the first maybe 10 minutes, I was absolutely hooked on it. I thought the performances were fantastic and it just had this, it really um, had this fantastic sense of tension right, right away. Like it, I know when a show, like when I'm like comfortable in bed on my laptop with headphones on, if a show can make me kind of like creep up and go like that, like they got something there, right? Because I watch a lot of TV and it's tough <laughs> to get that reaction out of me. Um, so yeah, the, the show overall is, is fantastic. And I think that it really um, is just a great example of Netflix's uh, original programming, which I know they're trying to get more into. And uh, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know, I can't speak highly enough about the show. I love it. Give us a little summary for those that haven't watched oh, yeah. the show or for newbies like me just getting into the show yeah. and trying to build some content around it. Talk a little bit about what's the show all about. Without giving details, just kind of give a general idea of what's the about. Okay, well, I'll give you a brief, yeah, a brief kind of idea on the, uh, that you get sort of in the first 20 minutes. So I'm not kind of ruining anything, but it centers around uh, this character named Marty Bird who um, at first you kind of get the impression that he's sort of like an investment banker, accountant, sort of someone that works in like the financial world, but it's, it's kind of, you don't really know. Um, and then uh, it sort of comes to light that he kind of has, he's working for a Mexican cartel uh, as a money launderer. Right. And he and his partner are accused by the cartel leaders of kind of skimming a little bit off the top. Um, so that gets them into a lot of trouble and they're based kind of in, uh, in Chicago as well. So that gets them into trouble with the cartel. Uh, some stuff happens and, uh, you know, people die and, and <laughs> not, not to get too into it, but, uh, they, they die. And then, um, Marty's life is like really, really on the line. And then he kind of has this stroke of, uh, he, he remembers, um, hearing about the Ozarks. These properties in the Ozarks, I guess the idea, the lake of the Ozarks has more shorefront than like the entire western United States or something like that. California. California, yeah. just because of how it's oriented. So it's really a good opportunity for development, which I guess is also a good opportunity for money laundering. Right. 
So in order to save his life, he kind of brings this up to the cartel guy who is then like, okay, well, we're going to give you a trial run, but you have to basically like launder more money than you've ever laundered before. He sort of gives him this like impossible task, right? And sends him to the Ozarks. And then he has to like up and leave with his family who, uh, to some degree, don't really know what he's into. His, the kids definitely don't. Uh, the wife, you, she may or may not, you don't really know. Um, so they kind of up and leave to the Ozarks. And then it's a, he starts to realize that it might not be as easy for an outsider to like do what he's doing in the Ozarks. And this is interesting because they're going from Chicago, mm-hmm. Illinois to Missouri. Yeah. And this is the, I forgot what they call it. This is like the Hamptons for rednecks as they call it. I think they made, they made <laughs> yeah, a yeah. reference. It's some kind yeah. of like. Because it's like a vacation yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a vacation yeah. spot, but the yeah. people aren't. The locals aren't educated as much, mm-hmm. or so we think, yeah. aren't as educated, and they refer to themselves as rednecks, and mm-hmm. so it's a little bit different than the hustle and bustle of downtown Chicago. Yes, yeah, and they're not they're not super receptive to outsiders coming in and trying to make all these moves with all this money. You know, they're, they're a bit uh, nervous about that. So. And you have to be skeptical. So let's just talk about outsider. He's a financial advisor of some <laughs> sort. Which to me is a great profession for money laundering because you have access to financial information, tax loopholes, and you understand the regular flow of money. So I think that's the most important about even anti-money laundering and money laundering is you have to understand what's regular Mm -hmm. in order to understand what you would do that isn't regular that would raise suspicion. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's going to know the ins and outs of how to use offshore funds, how to Mm -hmm. use offshore companies. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be too suspicious him moving money around for other people to different parts of the world, Hong Kong, Chicago, all the the financial hubs. He's obviously going to have access to several different accounts. And to be quite honest, if you have a financial advisor, Mm -hmm. you're just going to give him your money and walk away. You're not looking at your accounts and seeing how the market's doing. So he can kind of technically have access to your money without you really knowing what's going on. And there's that bit of, just to to that point, there's that little bit of uh, insulation that the client would have from that right there's kind of that plausible deniability sort of aspect to it right exactly that's an amazing point yeah and even though there's been a lot of schemes and ponzi schemes financial advisors still deemed as a reputable position yeah they're not going to draw negative attention right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not like if you're a strip club owner you might draw a little bit more negative attention (laughs) right you know financial professions on the majority are not going to draw that kind of attention right 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 and he has the ability as we see during the show he has the ability to work with the numbers and work with the books and doctor those books Mm -hmm. and isolate very smart books so it's hard though because you see in the show where he finally, and we'll talk about a little bit more later in detail, but he finally gets an option of how is he going to launder the money, and he's still he's stuck on this point for several days. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about like what you think his struggle was. Like he was always asking himself, "How am I going to do this? Like, what right. route do I want to go?" Okay, so to to that point, I think the main method that he was trying to start uh, was uh, what I understand to be a pretty common method with money laundering, where you get. You buy a business that's a primarily cash business, so um, like a strip club, or to use Breaking Bad as an example, the car wash, things that where where people are generally paying with cash. So you buy a cash business, uh, and then you're essentially mixing your dirty money in with that clean money, and then depositing it so it's all clean. So, because think of a strip club, say you're taking in $10,000 a night, well there's no there policing to say that you didn't take in $40,000 a night. You know what I mean? There's not people there. So he was thinking, okay, how do I 
first of all, purchase these businesses because he's an outsider coming in from Chicago, waving all his money around, going to these businesses, trying to buy them. They're like uh, nervous about it because they're like, well, who are you? Why are you trying to buy my business for way more than I know that it's worth because he's just trying to get it done? Right. So they're suspicious of these deals, right? And they seem comfortable with, yeah, fail- they cool. seem comfortable failing yeah, out there. Yeah. Their businesses aren't, yeah. but well, really they don't, they're not living a lavish lifestyle to begin with. So yeah. they seem pretty comfortable having a, a crappy business not bringing in lots of Right, money. or at least, yeah, comfortable and just like, you know, not wanting to kind of shake things up. And then you come to learn that in the example of the strip club, this guy is actually involved himself in laundering some money. So there's that kind of aspect too of him wanting to protect that business for exactly. himself. Um, so yeah, that, and I guess it just came down to, at, the, at that point of the show, um, he has all this money. Like, I, I can't remember how much he has to launder. As um, like I think it's almost $8 million. $8 million. $8 million. So $8 million, right? And he's trying to buy these businesses where he might be able to clean like $10,000 in a week or something like that. So it's like, the scale of it, he's having trouble figuring out how he's gonna how he's gonna do that. That's an important point because it's not about money. He could launder the money through it. It's the time frame he had. Yeah, ninety days, I believe, or three yeah. months to launder eight million dollars. Yeah. That's technically not dirty money. It's already been cleaned, mm-hmm. but now it has to be further integrate. What we call it, it's already placed in the financial system. So he got the money out. It's been cleaned. It's been taxed. Mm-hmm. So putting the money in the financial system is called placement. So now it's the next step is is basically layering the money. Mm-hmm. How do you get the money around now to kind of remove yourself from that original removal of the funds, mm-hmm. which I want to talk about a little bit more with you. So he withdrew $7.9 million in cash, mm-hmm. which obviously raised some red flags with the authorities. And I think that's the only part of this that makes this a little bit more difficult because I think you remove that kind of cash, the authorities are going to be, it, it's harder now yeah. to move around that money because $7.9 million the Financial Crime Enforcement Network, which is FinCEN in the States, is going to be all on top of that. Mm-hmm. No one needs $8 million in cash. No. And he makes a funny comment about being Scrooge McDuck and, you know, wanting to swim around in a hot tub with cash. But I, I find yeah, that yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when he's talking to the FBI guy or something, right? Right. He's that, like, if I want to do... Yeah. That, and that's like another example of him with these great monologues where he just like... You think he's back into a corner, and yeah. then he's like, "Nope, I'm gonna turn this around on you." Yeah. And oh man, it's so good. I gotta watch it on YouTube. <laughs> so it's it's hard because we're 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 under the assumption because of what went down with the cartel, we now learn that the FBI is already invested. So technically, yeah. the FBI is already onto him. Yeah. So it's kind of harder now from a let's just say money law anti money right. laundering sense. He would already be on their radar. And, so. and, and that's what I wanted to ask you about because. You know, these methods seem like they work great on the surface because if somebody is kind of taking a cursory view of everything and not really looking into it, you wouldn't really know what's going on. But when you're under the radar, isn't it kind of easy to see that these are the methods that are being used? It's it's when you remove eight million dollars of cash, you're automatically going to be on the radar. Yeah, technically, technically, it's his money, so. They're not so much worried how the money got into the financial institutions. Right. They're worrying why it's being taken out. Okay. And you see in the scene where they think he's being kidnapped or not kidnapped, but he needs the money for ransom or something's happening. Right. Because yeah. this is a strange amount of money. So even yeah. though the, the authorities know, hey, this money's clean that came in. Yeah. There's two parts of money laundering. Even if you know the source of funds and you start yeah. using the money in, in really odd ways or ways that wouldn't be considered a regular financial activity, uh-huh. that will still raise concerns as to what you're doing. They might think now you're helping other people use that money to now 
commit other criminal activity. Mm -hmm. So that was the concern. So right away, that transaction, right, they're removing $8 million, even though the authorities said that's a suspicious transaction. Yeah. That's unusual behavior. Yeah. And now they're worried, what, he's do what is he going to do with that money? Yeah. It's interesting that you brought it because they, they, that, that actually is what they think at first. They think, oh, you're, uh, you know, this is for ransom or something. Like they're trying to help him. They think he's in trouble at first. Yeah. But then very quickly they're like, oh no, like you're, you're involved in this in a weird way, you know? So yeah, and then they, they chase it to the Ozarks or whatever. So yeah, even if it's your own money, like financial institutions are going to be concerned about what you're doing with that money. Mm -hmm. Even if the source of funds seems legitimate, yeah. like we see all the time, removing cash isn't the problem. Like I see on Floyd Mayweather's Instagram, he has tons of cash on, <laughs> yeah, on his yeah. counter table. I don't think anyone's investigating him or maybe they are, I don't know. Yeah, right. But in Canada, I know it's, a, it's probably a little difficult. I've had trouble getting a $2,000 in cash out of a bank oh, really? without calling ahead or without providing a reasonable reason why you need those funds. So yeah, right. it's a little bit difficult, but it's definitely, it's doable. Mm -hmm. So he gets the money, he, yes. goes, he goes to the Ozarks, he's yeah. in Missouri. The first thing he's doing is checking who's in financial difficulty. He goes through the books of bankruptcies, yeah. judgments, lawsuits. He's trying to get information, trying to get leverage over these companies. Exactly. The I'm not even sure if he's buying these companies or he's asking to be an investor, to basically being a financial investor to these yeah. companies. Mm -hmm. He did technically buy the strip club on different circumstances. Yeah, and he so, buys the, the lodge or whatever. But I think he's not the owner of the lodge. I think he's just infusing money into the lodge. Yes. In yes. turn, he's going to handle the books. Yeah. Doctor the books, or but he's going to handle the money. Right. And really, the owner stays the owner and gets to do But he's really infusing the business yeah. with the money that yeah. they didn't have to operate properly anyway. Right. But let's talk about some of the front businesses that we, as you were talking about, you know, these are some of the ways that regular money laundering techniques go after struggling businesses. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the storage unit? This, to me, the storage unit didn't pose as the best money laundering method right. or company what do you think about him trying to infuse money well i think the storage unit the 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 function of it was twofold one was for the money laundering but also just to keep the money itself money, like you yeah. needed a it's eight million dollars in cash like that's takes up space you know yeah. you, you gotta keep that and somewhere secure so i think i don't think it was bought oh sorry i don't think it was bought um purely for the money laundering aspect i think the function of it was more so that it had a place to like physically store the cash yeah because uh, to me a storage unit is not you're paying monthly payments it's not high turnover of cash or yeah. transactions yeah you might be able to inflate some of the construction costs or some things but because it, it's run down mm -hmm. but people aren't going to expect a prime freshly renovated storage unit yeah. on top of a swamp so yeah. it's kind of hard to kind of you know that i think that one was one of the difficult ones i had mm -hmm. the second one he was approaching a boat now you might be able to help me out was he trying to was it a boat sales or was it just a boat like tourism business? The boats. Uh, oh, I don't even remember that. To be honest with you, <laughs> I think he was he was going after some people who were loading in a boat and like going on tours and stuff like that. Yeah. To me, the boat business would be ideal to purchase. Right. Because high value transactions. Mm -hmm. The only problem with that is like yeah, you'll be getting cash and you can kind of maneuver around the cost of things, the yeah. cost of actual boats versus yeah. how much you're putting into the financial institutions. The con is that. Boat businesses, along with used car dealerships, precious metals, they're already high on the radar. Yeah, Strip they clubs, would be, right? They're already high on the radar yeah. being cash intensive or, right. you know, places where money money is often laundered. Yeah. So with so many eyes, I know I don't see how that would have been beneficial It seems for like him. someone like him would have, would be smarter than that. Ex exactly. Right. But yeah. I think he was, that he was desperate to find anything. Yeah. And I think the whole point was to get in the business where you can get their books, mm -hmm. take control of their money, mm -hmm. and now infuse the 
well, technically dirty money, but infuse that money into the financial system and get it out on the other end for the mm-hmm. cartel. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the titty, the titty bar. The titty bar. Yeah, <laughs> Bobby I was Jean's just titty. At your notes, by the way. It's a strip club titty, titty bar. bar. <laughs> I would love that. I didn't know if you were actually going to say that. Uh, yeah. So uh, well, that one. I mean, it makes the most sense. Like anybody who's been to a strip club knows, like, there you're not swiping your Visa card. You know what I mean? Like you, you're paying cash. And when you when you first go and it's owned by the original owner Bobby Dean, you ever right. done it? Um, it's like one of the grimiest strip yeah. clubs you've ever seen. Like that, you know, there's not really anybody in there. There might be a couple, three girls working. It's strange though. Why people wouldn't want to see a pregnant woman strip? <laughs> That's a little strange to me. I think some so of the stuff weird. about this show they kind of overdid it. I found yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, guys, you yeah. don't have a pregnant lady strip, or yeah. maybe you do. I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of grimy areas in the United States. Yeah, go maybe on. maybe people are you like don't that. have to. You go to London, Ontario. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, shout out to London, Ontario. I love London, Ontario. That's my home for eight years. But uh, yeah, so that business it makes a lot of sense because again, there's not going to be people policing how much cash is really changing hands. So if you have a super busy strip club, which it, it becomes after he kind of takes control, and that's the other thing that he does with these businesses is. Yeah, he's doing the shady stuff, but he's really turning these businesses around. Like the lodge, it becomes like super successful. The woman who owns it says it hasn't been that way for years and years and years since her mother died, who was a previous owner. The strip club, it was like this dingy little place. Then it's like packed. Yeah. So many people. Like he's really like a great businessman, great entrepreneur, and he's turning these businesses around. Um, Does he seem like a martyr? Like he's turning the, the, the Ozarks around? Do you get that feeling? Like like, that's what he's trying he's to like do. A, yeah. He's the outsider coming in and saving the Ozarks. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of and that's what makes it such a conflicting uh, sort of character. Is like you know he's because he's not the cartel. Right. You know what I mean? He's wrapped up in the cartel and he's doing this stuff in order to to make money himself. So yeah, you could say. He's evil in the sense that he's uh, assisting these criminal enterprises who are obviously doing a lot of really nasty stuff to right. people. Um, but at the end of the day, like he's really helping these businesses, yeah, and like yeah. these are people that maybe were really really struggling, and now they have this thriving business thanks to, thanks to this outside kind of consultant entrepreneur. Right. Um, which again, it just it kind of points to the layers of the show. Yeah. And I think as it goes on, it's going to be the, the ultimate test. Like, do you take the side of the cartel or do you stay there and help the, the Ozo? I think that's going to be obviously the natural progression to this show is oh, man. whether or not, you know, yeah. he, he wants to stay a money launderer. Now he's, yeah. he's high society in the Ozarks and everyone favors yeah. him. He's the guy that saved the Ozarks. Well, I mean, you're, you said how many episodes in? You're four episodes, four episodes in? in? Oh, man. Wait till it's... <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> Wait till you see the direction the show. Yeah, see, I, I, that, that's why I made sure I only watched four. I didn't want to get too deep sure. into it. Sure, and, sure, you know, sure. I, I like to have a second up. You know, I like yeah. to have more podcasts around the show. You yeah. know, we're gonna milk this button up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's talk a little about it. Yeah, everyone knows the strip club is a great place. Usually, strip clubs are already owned by shady organizations. To be usually, unfortunately, shady. and that's I mean, just the nature yeah. of the business. Mm-hmm. The employees are probably getting paid in cash. Everyone depositing large amounts of cash isn't going to raise any amount of suspicion. Yeah, you can doctor sense. the books are all paid. Like you're making your own books, you're doctoring your own books. Yeah, I think I hate to say law enforcement expects a little bit of some kind of activity that's yeah. not happening as long as it's not you know um, immediate drug sales or people dying because yeah. I think they allow a little bit of shady activity to right. go on in there. But also like going back to Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> when I see him pull out. 
big vats and crates of dollar bills for for his strip club as well in Las Vegas. He brings out these dollars. Obviously, people want to make it rain. Maybe not so much in the Ozarks, but in general, Mm -hmm. taking out a whole bunch of dollar bills is a great way to get a whole bunch of wide range of money mixed Mm -hmm. together. Absolutely. And I don't know. I was thinking even I was going to talk to you about what do you think of an ATM? If you have an ATM there... And right. you're facilitating the ATM with dirty money. Yeah, it's right. creating a transaction receipt, even yeah. though really that cash is coming back into into your establishment, yeah, right. which you then have to put in the financial institution. Right. But I think creating a receipt kind of makes it a little bit more legitimate. Yeah. But I, I actually don't know how ATMs. I'm not gonna say work. I know how. <laughs> I know how the mechanism. You know how, of the ATM you know how to take out twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've used an ATM before. <laughs> no, but it, I don't know how it works in terms of like how it gets filled with money. I know like an ATM uh, usually like there's an outside company that brings in the and that's what you know I, what I mean. So I'm like I don't know if that's necessarily gonna be the big thing. I think the big thing is really just gonna be the you know the private dances and the drinks that you bought. And <laughs> I think the problem is <laughs> thrown. At, uh, at strippers and But stuff. you brought up exactly where I want to go with this is how do you, maybe the banks or the authorities think like, well, how come this brings companies not depositing money into these ATMs? Where's the ATM money being facilitated from mm. with that issue if you're trying to use your own cash or dirty yeah, money? Right. So let's talk a little bit about this wife, uh, Ruth. Uh, let's go actually talk about the lodge. The so lodge, the, lodge yeah, is, yeah. the lodge is great because it's threefold. It's a gas station. Mm-hmm. It's a restaurant. And it's a lodge. Yeah, it's a hotel. So it's a hotel. Mm-hmm. So you have a myriad of options when it comes to money laundering. It's going to be almost cash business there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the Ozarks seem like, even though they're presenting it like it's in 2017, based on some of the years of date of birth that they use, mm-hmm. it looks like they're, they're, not, they're not technology forward there. Yeah, for sure. And I don't want to you know, generalize. I, I, I hope that the show is, is accurate in, in their representation of Missouri and, and the Ozarks. Uh, and if it's not... I don't want to be the one that's like, oh, yeah, they're backwards. And like, yeah. oh, but, like, if that is accurate and that is what it's like, it does seem like they're the type of society that just, you know, I'll pay cash, cash. or whatever, like, not carrying a bunch of credit cards around and things like that. So so yeah, it's, it's, it's great. There's a lot of cash coming through. You can mix yeah. in that dirty money. I know later on the shows they talk about renovations and air conditioners. I know we'll, yeah, get, we'll, we'll get, get into that because I definitely have some questions about that. <laughs> we'll get into that. I think we'll even say that for a future podcast. But let's just talk about <laughs> let's just talk about yeah, you can make renovations. You put up a brand new sign, like let's just say that sign. Yeah. So we wanted to talk, I know you want to talk a little bit about how they inflate and what's happened. Yeah. So basically in my concept and what I understand, how you would launder that money, you would go to a company that makes signs. You would say, Okay, I need a sign for $100,000. They write you the invoice for 100000 but the sign really only costs 40000 Okay. So you pay them the 40000 and right. then you give them a little bit of something extra right. for them to give you that $100,000 invoice. Okay. So now the money's already into their, into their, they deposit into the okay. bank. It's a regular business transaction. Yeah. Someone bought a sign. The IRS is not checking how much signs cost in yeah. Ozark, Missouri versus right. Chicago. And at the end of the day, there's nothing illegal about overpaying for... Exactly. Exactly. And it's as long as it's not multiple transactions or like import export where it's large amounts or volume of items, you can get away with 
$50,000 here. But when you think about $88 million, $50,000 here, $100,000, it adds up, you know, yeah. with a sign or air conditioner. Right. So, and then once that company puts that money into the system, they can now send it to another company that's probably a shell company or a front company. Okay. So they can now forward that money. It's clean money to them because right. it's a regular business deal. So are these companies, so, okay, just to use your sign example, yeah. I've paid an invoice for $100,000. A sign only costs $30,000, right? right? So it's 70000 for me. A sign is actually being produced though, right? Because right. you actually have to like show, I did buy a sign, here's a new sign. Right. So that's actually happening. The sign company, is that a real company or is that like a company that Marty has made up? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Well, th these companies, it, it could be real or what's called a shell company. So a okay. shell company just Basically has, a, yeah, a it has a website, exactly. It has yeah. a number bank account, has a website showing they offer services. Yeah. But really what they're doing on the back end is something completely different. It's like the days of prohibition when the pet shops, you know, had the late night, late night parties and stuff yeah, like that. Right. So it's this kind of, or it could be an actual legitimate company because now they make the sign for half the cost. So they yeah. make the sign for 15,000. Yeah. They just made $15,000. Plus they made a little bit of extra right. for really doing nothing. Just putting the money or depositing the money yeah. into the system. It's really not costing them anything. Right. Except you have it to, costs. it's, you know, what's what, like in terms of the legality of it, like what is their culture? trouble yeah they're, 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 they they're, they're, they're yeah because okay, what, so, what they are is trying to conceal the origins of the money because, so that is okay. considered money laundering whether right. you're putting the money into the system right whether you're concealing the origins okay. or whether you're using that money to buy luxury boats and yachts knowing that that money came from money laundering okay yeah yeah sorry everyone's everyone's, equal everyone's yeah. okay so again just for the the hundred thousand because i think i'm kind of wrapping my head around yeah that. so the hundred thousand dollars okay really only costs Thirty thousand to produce, so that leaves seventy thousand there. Yeah. Let's say we're we're giving the um, the company an extra ten thousand to right. kind of keep their mouths shut, so right. leaving sixty thousand now clean. So is that company now transferring that to a shell company? They'll probably transfer by Marty. They'll transfer to a lot of companies. Okay. They'll probably transfer to companies, brothers, yeah. sisters, doesn't. Because the that, that sixty thousand is now the money that has to get back to the cartel. Exactly. Right? Okay. So it's gonna it's money laundering is what you call circular. Circular. Circular more. So terrorist financing is different than money laundering. Okay. Terrorist financing, you take the money, you send it through, it doesn't come back to you. You're using it for a terrorist activity. Okay. Money laundering, the money's coming back to you. Right. So okay. the money goes into the banking institution. Okay. It goes through the it right. goes through the the washer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah, yeah. it comes back out to you clean. Okay. So gotcha. it's gonna go to a lot of different places. Hey, it may just go to one account. Yeah, right. Because it looks like a regular purchase. Yeah, right. It's not gonna raise a huge amount of suspicion. Yeah. For a sign that okay. you, especially when you can see the sign, right? Yes, right. Okay. That's so yeah, so you lose a little bit on. Hey, you might have to spend always, twenty, thirty thousand yeah. dollars. You're always gonna lose money with taxes and stuff yeah. like that. And these guys are all the the key to a money launderer is they always pay their taxes. Well, yeah. Well, that's the whole point, right? Because it's it's not it's the IRS that's coming down on you if you're not laundering. I think that's, uh, I was watching a video the other day, Al Capone, that's how they caught that's Al Capone, Capone, tax exactly. evasion, because yeah, they couldn't put anything else on him when he was evading taxes. <laughs> he, he made no salary and was throwing these like lavish parties and all this kind of tax stuff. Tax evasion. He was just like, it's all gifts from friends. So now you know, money launderers will always pay their taxes, because one thing you want to do is keep the IRS, keep the CRA, keep them happy, yeah, yeah, because yeah. then it raises no suspicion. So, and I guess the mark, what would make the mark of a good money launderer is how much you can, how much you can launder versus how much it is costing you to launder that money. Exactly. Like that, the that lower percentage, that ratio that, is, yeah. or the higher, 
not good position. But the better that ratio yeah. is, the better you are the money launderer. Right? Exactly. So that's what makes him so talented is that he's able to do it without kind of uh, spending too much. Exactly. Because anyone can launder money at like, if you have $100 and it costs you $80 to launder it, the person getting the $20 is not going to be happy. No. But his yes, percentages, yeah. I think, were around 10%, 15%. Which so is great. It's great. Yeah. And it's the cost of doing business, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, the, the cartels can't use that money. Mm-hmm. And you see them taking it out in different countries. Like, mm-hmm. that's the whole point. They need to be able to use that money. Mm-hmm. The um, thing that I thought was really interesting is that you have to uh, uh, assume a, a small percentage of it towards, like, spoilage. Like, it actually going, like moldy or mice eating it or something like that yeah you actually have to like account for that because there's so much of it there's so much i always thought that was so funny yeah you see it in like lots of shows like even movies bad like boys Narcos, they make oh. a point of it like i think at the, they said like at the height of of um escobar's kind of reign he was losing like a million dollars a week or a day just from like Rats? spoilage yeah a million dollars a day dude like that's crazy what it's crazy Hearing the numbers that that guy put up, it's a bit off topic. (laughs) So lastly, let's just talk a little bit about the strip club, just to end the conversation. Yeah, I always love ending conversations. (laughs) Uh, So the strip club, they were already laundering the money. So basically, they all had shell companies, and and it's funny that they use Panama with the WikiLeaks and the Panama Papers. Mm. So we all know Panama, there was um, the lawyer's office, Fonseca lawyer's office in Panama where people were using to launder money, people were using to evade taxes. Now there is legitimate reasons to bank or use send your money to offshore places to take advantage of taxes, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between tax sheltering mm-hmm. and tax evasion. Mm-hmm. So these people aren't trying to get the best tax deal, they're legitimately not trying to pay taxes. Yes, right. And even in Toronto it came up that a woman in Toronto, probably making a modest living, was the owner of 200 businesses. Hmm. An offshore company, she just signs the paper. Yeah, right. So when things like that happen and these leaks come out, the, the authorities, CRA, um, uh, FinCEN, all these different IRS, the authorities start looking and connecting the dots. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was people like Messi wrapped up into it. like, And a lot of times oh, you're, about that. you're yeah, using yeah. financial advisors and the financial advisors are telling you, hey, Messi, there's nothing wrong with this. Right. Everyone's doing it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you think, hey, everyone's doing it. Well, that's what I thought that was so funny about that Messi situation was like he was going to court and I wasn't his dad his financial advisor? Was it, or I'm not sure about this. Anyway, anyway, but like he was, he was in trouble and I'm like, do you think this guy who's making half a million euros just to suit up for a game is managing his own money. You yeah. know what I mean? And yet he's the one in court. I thought it was so silly that they would bring him around. But it was, I think they just did it because it's like a high profile person. High profile. You yeah. got in court yeah. and now it's going to draw attention to the situation. It's the OJ syndrome, right? Yeah, OJ. Exactly. <laughs> OJ. But it's like, he doesn't know where his money's going. He's making half a million euros to just suit up for it. A single game. So a lot of these companies in Panama, yeah. we've seen movies with the Bahamas, Caribbean, right. obviously it's nice, nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> Caribbean, Grand Cayman is another yeah, place yeah. where it's, it's beautiful. Places. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful the bank to go there. Oh yeah, I have to go to Grand Caymans today yeah. to bank. Right. So these shell companies are made up. There's really nothing to these companies. There's nothing more than a name. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <clears throat> people even buy the rights to names of companies that have been established for a long time. Okay. To give that sense, they're called shelf companies. Companies shelf that have... Yeah, it's different than shell companies. Shell companies are companies that have been, they've been established since, and you even see like in t-shirts established since 1867. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that t-shirt company specifically, they may have just bought the rights to the name of the t-shirt oh. and then they can use the established because technically that company has been established. Yeah. So 
they can use these shell companies. No one's obviously you'll see the money going to different places, but by the time it, you figure out it gets to these places, and the the reason they use these tax havens is because the lack of AML laws in a lot of them. And so you can't anti money laundering. So you can't just walk into that. Like the IRS can't just walk into these countries, and as I said, I don't know hundred percent about this, but they can't just walk into these countries and say turn over these assets. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, they don't have the jurisdiction. Don't right? have the jurisdiction, and these yeah. companies, a lot of them, don't, they just don't cooperate. Yeah, yeah. Because these, some of these are islands. Their whole business is built on incoming money from foreign investors. Yeah, it's good for them. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it makes the economy right. So, is the government really going to put their whole country at risk? Right. Because. Someone the privilege in the U.S. is not getting enough of their tax money. I would, you, you know exactly. Yeah, so right. it's it's very. I, I would be as an AML professional. I, I would do that. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm a terrible person. So I'm actually trying to start a criminal enterprise. So this yeah. is really <laughs> this is really useful. <laughs> this, this is a he's, real he's reason joking. I want to be a guest on this show. Um, oh man! So yeah, so it's funny that they use the Panama just to kind of tie in the Panama Papers, yeah, and yeah. and what was interesting was that he figured out that there was no link to that to Bobby Dean, the owner of the the strip club, to the actual strip club or any of the companies. Mm. So what he figured out is that if you don't have any accounts, you don't if you haven't signed anything, you must own it in kind. So he actually had what's called um, bearer shares. Yes. yes so yes, yes. whoever has the shares in their hand yeah. owns it. And that's yeah. obviously difficult these days. You lose paperwork. That's why they do yeah. it a different way. Yeah, but back in the yeah, day, right. he had, so even though he stole the shares, mm-hmm. there's really nothing much Bobby Dean can do yeah, right. because he'd have to go to the police and say, Hey, I'm a money launderer looking to get back the shares yeah. that I probably yeah. acquired through money laundering right. back from that other money law. Yeah. It usually doesn't work out that way. Right. Probably would have been a good bet considering things happen to him anyway, but right. I actually completely forgot about that. So uh, the bearish, like, so yeah. yeah, so that, you know, that they don't really use them that much in the, in that, before they used to a lot mm-hmm. because whoever holds it, it's, it was easier back then with technology. Now you don't need it that much. Yeah. So it's really interesting because those are highly used products. Those are high risk products, obviously, For because sure. there's no, there's no trace. I give you this, you own that company now. Yeah. There's no, unless we're obviously we're filming, but mm-hmm. there's no real trace through the financial institution. Like, Hey, yeah. Steven Sargent gave Michael yeah. these shares to AYZ company. Right. So it's so interesting the way they did that. So for sure, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with what we talked about today. Is there anything more you want to talk about in the show or anti my laundry? Do you have any questions or uh, we'll save it for the next podcast? Yeah, let's save it for the next podcast. I think we covered a lot today. Yeah. I would just say to anybody that's watching or listening to this, uh, if you haven't seen the show, just watch it, yeah. just watch the show. It's so good. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, this is, this is amazing. You know, I, I love to bring, it was actually Des, Desmond, our production manager's idea mm-hmm. to actually bring you in or someone that was interested in the show and kind of tie it in together. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you guys haven't met my producer, but he has to sit and listen to me talk about to him boring AML. <laughs> so he wants to bring to life yeah. what anti-money laundering is and how it can be done. You know, Breaking Bad did such an amazing job of bringing mm-hmm. that to the forefront. So maybe in future episodes we can kind of do a Breaking Bad series and kind of walk through some of the things that they did at the laundromat. Yeah. But this is, you know, this is a great way to bring some people that are kind of interested in the show but maybe not know much about money laundering. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you bring a great deal of knowledge about the actual TV series and just knowledge about the whole general idea of the characters and the character building. 
I find there's a lot of complex layers to each character that will kind of oh, play yeah. out in the end. They kind of stack them up right away oh, yeah. to kind of give you like, oh, this person's like multifold, you know? Mm -hmm. they, it's not just the FBI agent, it's the FBI agent that's homosexual and has yeah, yeah, problems. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's dealing with stress and ex-boyfriends are also yeah. in the FBI. And he like uses that to his advantage. Advantage, yeah. So there's just Crazy. so much layers to this. I'm sure as it unfolds, it's only going to get better. Oh, you, no. you wait, you just wait. <laughs> So what I'll do is I'll watch a couple more episodes and then we'll do another one of these and talk a little bit more. Uh, I appreciate you coming out today and thank you, Desi, for coming up with this idea. Yeah. This is AML Audio, The Ozark Issues, and I hope you all have a great day.